For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 71! Woo! All right. Trying, we're trying to keep up. We're trying to keep up right now, guys. We are. And as a result- We're with a skeleton crew, man. Yeah. As a result, it's a little bit of a, just a bony crew. Skeleton crew, boner crew up here. Uh, Whoa. What? Is that not right? You don't have a boner? Uh, I guess. Oh. Oh. Uh, maybe for episode uh, 69, but not oh, for right. this one. That's true. This one wasn't as sexy as 69, and definitely not as sexy as 70, the Iron Man episode. True. But uh, it's still pretty and sexy. probably won't be as much uh, trash talked about my golf game in this one, but hey, man, whatever. Hey, I was complimenting your golf game in both episodes, I feel like. You did. Yeah. yeah you were like, well, I guess it's not that bad. It's and not that bad. Patrick had to just be like, isn't that like three over every single time? Thanks, Patrick. What the <laughs> hell, man? Welcome just out to there doing my best. Yeah. Welcome to GolfCast. Yeah, golf cast with the brain, the ointment, the grease, <laughs> and the captain. And so, uh, yeah, just a skeleton crew. Um, all the rest of the crew couldn't couldn't make it this time. They probably looked at the movie we're watching and were like, "No, thanks." They they swiped what what would it be swipe swipe left. I'm so old. So swipe left. I'm old too, man. I don't. I have no idea. I've never I don't swiped. know about the dating apps. Yeah, right. Or I know left. some people are like, "Oh, this." I'm like, you know what? If I was ever single again, I probably couldn't even do it. Probably not. I'd probably die alone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but hey. Well, we have each other in this podcast, so it's not so That's bad. That's true. So yeah. are we really alone? No. No, because we have listeners. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> but no questions. We have questions. They never talk to us. Be sure. <laughs> we, we don't have any this week. But if you do have any, be sure to send them to our email, Studios at Gmail. Or hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want. Reddit, I guess. We're even on there. So find us or we'll find you. That's a promise. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. But anything else going on? I guess not really, right? We're just kind of like cruising about in our submarine, doing our due diligence. There's a lot of news this week and you'll get that upcoming just like a lot of submarine news. Submarines were everywhere. I feel like it was really popping this week. So it's an exciting little uh, like a teaser for the rest of this episode. Um, now, I know like we're always looking for sub news, but there are – it feels like it ebbs and flows because out of nowhere, all of a sudden, you'll just be – your news feed will just be inundated with all this sub stuff that's current, which is quite nice. But then even when we're looking for it, sometimes we can only find outdated stuff. Not this week. This week, Not there a is a shitload. All right. Uh, shall we get into this? I guess we... I haven't heard any alarm for us to having to dive, so... What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, 
the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. So for episode 71, I mean, I think it goes without saying that uh, the last whole episode, we or, you know, quote unquote movie, I don't even know if you could really call it a movie, 69 definitely fell in lines with our WTF movie month because sure, yeah. uh, what was that? What was that? Um, we didn't art. really I announce guess, it. I guess you just say it's art, but. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's a very artistic film. And we didn't announce it then, but of course, we're still in WTF movie month. And if and we're continuing with this till we move on to something next month. And again, listeners, if you got a specific month you want to hear, just hit us up. We'll I figure it out. I would suggest um, bad movies or bad action movies or bad sci-fi movies. Like really just like a wide variety of categories that you could choose from that you could recommend by sending us an email. Yeah. Or just animated animated television shows. Yeah, we're always on the lookout for those. We did even get a suggestion from one of our YouTube listeners about a Star Trek episode that is not necessarily a submarine, but it is based on a submarine movies that we've watched. Mm. So basically the same plot. We'll have to check it out and make sure it's worthy of this podcast. Right. And there's not a lot that's not because, I mean, look at what we've been doing. So <laughs> Look at the whatever. case in point, the movie we're watching this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything's really worthy. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, what did we get to watch? So I looked around and I was like, I want something fun this week. I want something with aliens. Uh, maybe I want that alien like kissing up on someone and like being real weird and being like a really bad looking puppet. Like that'd be fun. And so I looked around and I found something that fit that. Uh, to a T, and it's called Lords of the Deep, a Roger Corman production uh, from 1989, so the same year as The Abyss, which it ripped off. It basically, I think they must have heard that, or a bunch of studios must have heard The Abyss was being made, big production. You got Ed Harris, world you know, wide superstar, James Cameron, almost as famous as Ed Harris, teaming up to make The Abyss. They, in response, made a whole bunch of these types of films, one of them being Lords of the Deep, perhaps the smallest of them, I would think. Yeah, I I had never heard of this movie, and as soon as we got into it, I immediately just thought, The Abyss. I mean, that's... Right. It's the exact same watching. plot, and you will see that. For oh, yeah. Sure. It's, uh, what's, what are those movies we watched with, like, 2010 Moby Dick? Uh, Zach knew the name of the company. Oh, The Asylum. Asylum. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is not as insane, but I feel like this is the type of thing they would do, try to rip off... Yeah, so this is this is a slightly like 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 the mockbusters that come out almost seem like a trick nowadays. They're more like a trick, like you're trying to trick people into thinking that the movie is one thing. This isn't really a trick. It's not trying to pretend like it's the abyss. It's not like it's called like uh, the abyss, but they spell abyss slightly differently or something. And you're like, what? Oh, or the yeah. chasm? Or it's like the or chasm? Just, or just and call you're it like abyss? What? Right? Yeah, or abyss. Um, and uh, it, but and like trying to play off of that. This is different lords of the deep and i mean i guess the plot is different kind of but it's just trying to rip off on the same thing and so trying to satiate that the the market uh saturate yeah saturate the market with all the underwater um laboratory films that the market is demanding at that point simple well, supply know, and demand right i mean there's only 
I'm sorry. I don't even know where I'm going with that. I mean, well, the market was want, demanding. The market was so demanding. Right. The market was demanding four or five uh, underwater laboratory alien films, and the market said, "Yes, we will uh, oblige that request." And oh yeah, definitely. That many. Uh, so, uh, this was released, I think you mentioned in 1989, directed by Mary Ann Fisher, yep. written by Howard Cohen, like you'd mentioned. I mean, basically, we just could have said this was written by the guy who wrote The Abyss, but whatever. Uh, it stars Bradford Dillman and Was Priscilla Bradford Dillman the main, the bad guy, kind of? Dobler. Uh, Dobbler, yeah. yeah. I, I actually really liked him. I, he seemed like a he seemed like he was really into the role and would be into any role that you really wanted him to play. Oh yeah, big he time. almost seemed like a Shakespearean actor. Yeah, but I I could definitely see that because he was he was into it, man. Yeah, he loved. He it. was he, he was crushing. It. He was eating up that uh, all the uh, the sets, the scenery, chewing up that scenery. Yeah, he was. And uh, our heroine, Priscilla Barnes, as yeah. Claire, the underwater scientist. She is fairly well known for her role in the show. I know my wife watches this, Jane the Virgin. Oh, really? She's in, yeah, she's in that. Uh, she's also been in Three's Company. Right. And the Devil's Rejects. And we saw her, or no, I mentioned, I mentioned her before in a previous episode. On on the I, the Three's Company line of thinking, I, oh. I brought her up. Yeah. So also this same year, nineteen eighty nine, she was in a little higher profile film. Do you know? Yeah, which that's one right. That it's was? kind of a crazy a crazy year for her because she was in one of the James Bond films. Yeah, License to Kill. Yeah, which also has a submarine in it. Apparently, perfect. That's what it's right. online online claims. Although we've, I guess I haven't, but you guys have watched films that claim it has submarines and then. All of a sudden, there's no submarines to be seen. But well, in the uh, in the cover art, it shows a semi truck being blown up by a, um, you know, single prop plane. Oh, so in that case, we know it has a submarine. Yeah, I mean that's just a, <laughs> that's just a tall, you know, one of the a tell. That's what you would call it. Yeah. All right, should right. we get into it? I think we probably should. Because this one didn't. There was no awards to be to mention, right? There's no Oscars or. Anything like that for Lords of the Deep, 1989? This thing's rocking a 2.6 on IMDb, so I don't think it's really got many awards coming its way anytime it's solid. soon. It's yeah. pretty solid. All right, so we open and we get uh, kind of uh, – it kind of opens to set the stage of what, what when we're talking about. What's funny is if we had just waited a little bit, we would have been at the same time at which this movie is set. Because what year is it I set, know. Kyle? It's set in 2020. And yeah, even guess to the what? point where some of the events they mention as like setting the stage for this, they're like, in August uh, 2019, he was on this certain mission or whatever. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> That's happening right now? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because uh, some of it, you know, I mean, could potentially, you know, I pushed it a few years out and maybe this could be what's really going on. It yep. starts with a uh, text. Actually, first off, it starts with all these shots of outer space and right. then like a galaxy spinning. And then it zooms in on the moon and then the moon turns to the earth. And I was like, what? What is that? What's going on yeah. with this? But you immediately know aliens. Aliens for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the yeah. text reads, in the year 2020, man has used up and destroyed most of Earth's resources. Large corporations Back. have begun to develop experimental undersea habitation in the hope of conquering a new frontier. Mm. Not space. And then, that's, that's space, man, for sure. No. JK, Under, it's underwater. underwater. Space. Yeah, under space, not outer space. Inner space. Wait. Ooh. Anyways. And then we're immediately just brought so, yeah. onto a submarine, which, hey, so, I'm, yeah, always, so there, I'm always game there, for that. I was pretty happy because I was a little worried that we were going to have a Leviathan-type situation where all of a sudden we'd be watching it be like, where's the submarine? And all of a sudden we realized that it, everything lied to us and there was no submarine at all. But we opened right on a submarine. It looked almost like it was a, a truck. Like some of the scenes when they were showing it underwater, I thought it was rolling on wheels yeah. on the bottom of the ocean, which it actually probably was. <laughs> and they probably had just filmed something that had wheels and then pretended it didn't have wheels. Uh, but they're kind of rolling along. and. Uh, we find out that they are the replacement crew for the underwater um, lab, this kind of study lab to try to figure out how to build and live in and maintain uh, a underwater civilization. And they're all – it's all done by um, companies. So it's not like the US government or something is is uh, running this whole thing. It's a company. What was the name of the company again? They kept on saying it and they had it all in their clothes and stuff, but I'm forgetting. Was it like Morbex? I can't remember. Yeah, something started with an M for sure. Yeah. But and so it, anyways, I think it ended with an X. Yeah. So anyways, it, it what turns out to be the case is that Priscilla Barnes's character, uh, who was Claire, the biologist, she has discovered a uh, material on the bottom of the ocean that they're not really sure about Um Except, or are they? Question mark. Spoiler Ooh, alert. Maybe that th it's prompted the company to send replacements, and everyone's kind of pissed about it. We also get a scene of Claire kind of touching this goo, like we All open right. almost immediately with her touching this goo, which and makes no sense. All right, no. you've been in labs. I've taken chemistry up to organic chemistry and all that type of stuff, right. and the brag. <laughs> you're working on something brag right in there. a flask, right. and you've got it all of a sudden in your beaker. And she just like ungloves. I think she did. She have a glove on. Yeah, she did. Shook it off. Yeah, she took it off. Jams off her door. hand in this. Straight up. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like bare skin. What? What's going on? You wouldn't. <laughs> that's like one oh one. You don't do that. Well, no, I don't know. Because if she took off her glove and then she put on some bare skin gloves, I think that'd be fine. Probably. Oh yeah. Yeah, bare skin yeah. gloves would have done it. Right. That's what she said, though. Right. Bare skin. Yes, bare skin. Yeah. She had bearskin gloves on. Thank you. Listeners, thank you. Um, and so, yeah, she like touches this thing and it's really like bad scientific practice. She is writing down notes. I should say she had a lab notebook right there. <laughs> good protocol for the lab. I'm mm, like, well, that's good. better than me. Like you should see my notebook. <laughs> it's not that great. And uh, and she, so she's taking notes and stuff like that. And she touches it and she starts to have like what seems like hallucinations of – basically outer space aliens talking to her kind of and almost immediately i can't tell if like she became real weird by touching the goo or if she was always weird presumably she was always just kind of a little weird she always seems like she's kind of smiling and she yeah. seems real she almost seems like a little hippy dippy like she's like isn't this great isn't this cool and then she's got this boyfriend o'neill with who, an awesome mustache straight up mustache I thought originally that he was super Canadian. Turns out that it was kind of like a Southern accent. He was trying to mask and it made him sound 
uh, Canadian because oh. I had all kinds of listeners. I had all kinds of jokes lined up about how he was, oh, I, I picked up some Tim Hortons, eh? Oh, oh, eh? Right? And everyone would laugh. Those, those classics that you always- the classics, uh, right? I made a big, big of donuts from Tim Hortons, eh? And uh, everyone would have laughed. Everyone would have loved it. You would have all been like, this is great classic uh, submersion right here. Everything would I pay for this- uh, uh, podcast, all the big bucks that we pay to listen to this thing. Yeah, uh, this is what I want, but I can't do it anymore because it turns out he was born in Virginia. What? Yeah, not even not even a speck of Canadian. And people in Virginia don't have hardcore Southern accents. No, but he he kind of had a, it. Sounded to me like he had like an accent or whatever. But what who the knows? Hell? Maybe 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 he, that was his character. Maybe he thought to himself when he read the script, he was like, "Who is my character?" And then he thought, "You know what? I bet he's Canadian." And I bet he has a mustache. For sure, dude. Anyways, yeah, that yeah, actor, I I, had heard, I knew that who that actor was, by the way. Did you? Because he because he wrote one of the uh, Friday the Thirteenth films. Oh, seriously? Not the actor, but the sorry, not the character, but the actor. Yeah, he wrote the, uh, <laughs> the he wrote the se- he wrote the seventh one, I believe, which is wow. actually a pretty good one. Yeah, it's the one with a telekinetic girl. He wrote that one, the new the new beginning or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a good nice. one if you if you want one. Number four is the best one, I think, but. I've never Seven's seen any of them, to be honest. It's a good series. Check it out. Friday the 13th. Welcome to Friday the 13th cast. Yes. Uh, where we talk deal. all things Friday the 13th. Season Anyways, 12. We, we cut on over to our commander, and he's talking to, is like a supercomputer back in the 80s, but trying to look futuristic. Yeah, it's basically um, Hal. Much like, it's Hal from uh, the, yeah. Yeah, and if, and if anybody's seen Maniac on uh, Netflix with uh, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone, it's similar to that computer that the guy loves, but obviously the, that one is much more flashy. Um, anyways, now the corporation, Mortrex or Morbo whatever, calls down, and they want to know what on earth is going on, man. Right. Because hey, what they is got a crew on? coming <laughs> Yeah. Well, they got a crew coming in to replace everybody, and as we've seen, our crew members are not happy about it, man. They're real pissed about it. It's, it's kind of like not only – some of them are okay with it, but a lot of the scientists are like, hey, we can do our job. Why are we being replaced? And other ones being like, this is kind of horseshit. It's, you're not really uh, instilling confidence in us and the company by replacing us early for what seems like arbitrary reasons. Yeah. So and they're then- not really very happy. We we just see a little bit of uh, that submarine going through an underwater canyon, and then all of a sudden, yeah. alarms start going off like crazy. Yeah. There's an earthquake, so a big old earthquake happens, and then they are kind of getting bumped around, and they're trying. They're still in contact with the lab, but they lose contact just as they see something, and the whole crew is like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And then even the commander's like, we kind of saw something weird at the end there, right? Yeah. That's probably okay. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, what it is. Yeah. So they decide it's like the alarms have gone off. Everyone's like, is everyone okay? Uh, the Claire had got kind of bumped around and a bunch of, and so like people are like checking on her. And in the meantime, the commander's like, hey, we need to send out a search party. We've also lost power. So one guy has to go out. And you've got to fix that. So go out in like the frogman suit and take care of that. And the other one, you jump into the mini sub, which I was like, oh, taking out the only mini sub. Turns out there's like three goddamn mini subs, but they get in one oh, of them. Yeah. And off he goes to go check on that, on the uh, the submersible that was bringing the people down. Uh, and so they go out. The one but, guy is out but, fixing. 
What's up? Did you see this? They played rock, paper, scissors to see oh, who was yeah, going to yeah. be in the suit and who was going to be driving the submersible. And in the weirdest turn of events I've seen in any movie, when they're throwing rock, paper, scissors, shoot, like doing that, they're like, apple, peaches, pumpkin pie. That's right, yeah. It's like, what? It's a Canadian thing, man. Come on. Is it? It's got to be. You got to keep up. I have no idea. It's real weird, so probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've also, we get introduced to a couple of, you know, people are drinking because they're sad. We get the relationships going on Claire and O'Neill. They're like smooching and everyone's like, ooh, onboard romance. So they're yeah, kind of like smooching buddy. or whatever. And but like, and the person who's going out in the frogman suit and the other one who's going out in the submarine are like super best bros. They're like, see you, bro. Love you, bro. And off they go to do their job. The bro stuff. They're super bro. And so the submarine goes off and he's he's kind of like, everything's running pretty smoothly. Don't worry about it. Hot shot submersible. But then all of a sudden he sees a fucking alien. First of all, he sees the submarine, I guess, and it's it's hatches open. And he's oh, like, yeah. well, that's, that's a little weird because we're on the bottom of the ocean. Like maybe the hatch should be closed. That's sub, submarines 101. Text that to yeah. the Indian, Indian Navy. Uh, AO. <laughs> Close Topical. that hatch. And uh, – uh, but then he sees a, an alien and he's like, oh, this alien's on me. And the alien is all like up on the submarine and he pulls a 20,000 leagues under the sea and he's like, I'm going to shock the shit out of this alien. And yeah. he does it. He reroutes the stuff and shocks it. He's like, aren't I the best man? And the captain commander's like, you are pretty awesome. So you should probably get out of there though. And he's like, well, I used up all my energy, you know, shocking that alien. And then he looks out the window and he's like, oh shit, because there's another one coming straight for him. And he's like, so I'm going to die everyone. And then he does question mark. Oh, maybe, maybe not. We'll have to, we don't know. So anyways, they lose contact and, and the commander is getting increasingly flustered and frantic over these turns of events. Like he is not particularly happy. He wanted to get people out of there ASAP and everything seems to be going wrong in all the wrong ways, not the right ways. Right. Yeah. And then the guy who was fixing the power fixes it and they're like, where, where is he? Like, this is weird because we see him kind of like struggle a little bit, really bad effects, but he like seems to struggle a little bit. And they're like, where is he? And then they find him and some alarms go off and they find him at the moon, the little, what do they call him? The moon pool. Moon pool. Uh, yeah. yeah. That goes outside and he's kind of like laying there and they open up his suit and <laughs> oh boy, this is all. I mean, this all happened to all of us, so we know the experience. But he's turned yeah. into a puddle of goo, you completely know. liquefied. Super embarrassing for him. He's like, yeah. oh boy, is my <laughs> uh, face or my face would be red if I wasn't a pile of goo. Yeah, pie in my face, right? Just a right. pile of goo over here, right? And so they're like, that's real g- gross. I would also be like. That's fucking strange. Let's get the hell out of here. I'm surprised they didn't all just hop in those two other mini submarines and, and get just the go hell out of there. Then, yeah, I would. Well, even somebody was like, "Oh, there's not even any bones in here." It's like, no, because he's a dude, total goo alien at that he point. He is. He's totally liquefied. But um, also, during all this, during the initial earthquake, a flask fell on the floor in the lab, and it broke open, and some of that goo was all over. And then Claire went back later to clean up or something. And all the goo had formed back right. into like a little, little unit. Yeah. So it's, it's like alive. He, she's kind of like impressed by it. She's like actually kind of weirdly in love with it in some ways. Yeah. Like she is at this point, she's like, this is basically a living being. We can't harm it. Same thing with this goo in the thing. Like they're all like, 
that's gross. Like throw it in the trash chute because it's a pile. Basically, we have a bag of garbage here. How about we just like throw it out? And she's like, yeah. no. And the nurse on board is like, no. Like I, I got to do my job. And they're like, uh, do your job. It's a pile of goo. Like so, what what is your job? You are here oh, to help yeah. human beings. Like this is not a human being. It's a pile of goo. So because the medical officer wanted to, uh, she wanted to do an autopsy on the goo, right? Right. But it's like, and it's she's just like, goo. there's no bones. This is just goo. Right. Whatever. So then Claire, they put it into the the like aquarium or whatever. They're like, oh, and it just looks like like it looks like like a piece of uh, goo shit kind of like floating there. Yeah. And they're like, oh, look at that goo. And they come back later at one point though, and it's got like big old alien eyes, and it's like floating around, looks like a big stingray. Yes, it does. But like with a Loch Ness monster face. I think. And uh, kind of like a dinosaur face, brontosaurus maybe? Kind of. I mean, like a little bit. And I wish that it progressed beyond this point, but this is about full maturity for the aliens. At least that we're going to see. No, that's not true. It, it eventually uh, transforms into a puppet. Oh, very true. It yeah, does do and, that. Yeah. And presumably someone's operating <laughs> it from off screen because <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that. Yeah, it really does. Um, yeah. So anyways, the captain is basically like, hey, guys, we got to just get out of here because this is totally screwed up. People are dying. And he's like, uh, by I the way, we're going to kill that Kill thing. that goo alien thing. And get out of like, here. There's no way we can't do that. And other people are like, people are dying down here. We got to figure out what's going on. Like, and the captain's uh, like, you settle down. He pulls out his deck. He's like, who's the captain here? Who's the captain here? And they're like, whoa, man, like, calm down. Like, yeah, we're all fine. It's all fine. Okay. We'll figure this out together. And the commander's like, oh, will we? And he looks like real evil. And he's like chewing up the scenery. Looks like he's like uh, in like a Shakespeare play, like just tearing down the scenery because he's going nuts. And it was great. I loved it. Oh, yeah, dude. It was, oh, yeah. <laughs> he was losing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also during this time, um, because people have been dying, the uh, – captain or maybe we're skipping around a little bit but uh the captain so. is like hey guys we're gonna you know hr wants us to sign a non-disclosure agreement right uh, so we don't tell anybody about this and people are like no way man we got aliens down here we got to tell everybody about it he's like you're never gonna work again <laughs> Yeah. Like, it basically, it gets into like a weird like corporate drama at some point where I'm like, do we really need to know all these details? Also, it's so weird. Like people are dying, like turning it, like literally turning into gooey messes in front of them. People aren't in full on freak out mode. They're, no, they're, they're like, they're relatively like going to calm. They go to sleep. At one point, Neil, O'Neill and Claire are in bed together and they're like, and O'Neill's like, oh, hey, uh, are we going to bone or what? And then she's like, uh, yes. And then, like, kind of tricks him, and it's kind of like, but I'm a little tired. Ha, ha, ha. And she, like, chuckles at him, and O'Neill's like, oh, boy, I thought I was going to get laid. And then they go to bed. just get some snuggles. Yeah. So then they snuggle up and go to bed. And I'm just like, would you really be able to sleep? Like, you're first of all, you're supposed to be replaced. Yeah. That, submer that mini submarine got destroyed, seemingly. And <laughs> yeah. then two people died trying to... That you've been working down here in close proximity with for a long time. Not only that, but an earthquake just happened. Everyone knows, and, and recent news would tell you, that after an earthquake, there are aftershocks, man. You should be a little more concerned for your safety. Yeah. Right? But the they should be – I would be like demanding that they call corporate right then then and there. Just be like, they need to get new a new submarine coming down. 
right now. Yeah, we are traumatized. Was, oh, oh, that was actually one thing. I guess that was something we did uh, kind of uh, skip over, which is the commander claims that they don't have communication up to the surface, but that's a lie. He actually can communicate with corporate. He lied like a liar. Classic. He is a giant liar. So. Yeah. Uh, also, during uh, during this, the non-disclosure discussion, the alien decides it's time to come out to play, and it just right. busts on out of the vat. Yeah. It like smashes, smashes through the glass. It's loose. Even though it looks like a stingray, apparently it can just kind of like Walk clamor around. around. They claim it, it got into like the vents or the water supply, I guess. <laughs> sure, uh, it which did. seems. It I mean, did I guess, eventually. yeah, because it is like a, it is goo, but it just doesn't look like goo when it's a puppet. And it shot anyways. up through the, one of the sinks, actually. Yeah, and so, anyways, they all they all decide to team up and find this thing, and they got these these stupid looking laser weapons. All right, yeah, they're like, all right, get the weapons. You think? I mean, 2020. So this is next. This is next year. This should still look like a gun, right? What do you think? Not like a little cattle prod that's going to shoot a laser out or whatever. I mean, I don't right. even know how to describe it. It's not even that big. It looks kind of like a TV remote. Yeah. They really should be mostly talking about like the upcoming election. Will Trump get reelected, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Yeah. I mean, this is the middle of an election year and no one's talking about it. Come on. Unrealistic. Yeah. Ever heard of it? Crazy. Yeah. Even the aliens would probably talk about it a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you hear what's going on? The investigation is Russia going to meddle in the election? And people be like, What's, "What? They're like, events, what? man, you got to bring it all back." Yeah. Then the aliens are like, "Actually, uh, we're going to meddle in the election." And they're like, "Whoa, <laughs> alien meddling in the election? <laughs> this movie just went off the hook." Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And then the alien gets elected president. <gasps> no way. You know why? Oh, yeah. Because why? they too are interested in mind control. Oh, shit. All right. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, they pair up. They go off and they're trying to find this thing. And people start dropping like flies. And you're thinking, alien probably killing some people or whatever. They kind of trick you. They make you kind of think that maybe the computer's turning a howl and like is actually evil. Because you see a couple of the people get killed in this way. One gets trapped in a room and he's like, let me out of here. Oh, let me out of this room. But the computer won't let him out and then it eventually suffocates him. And yeah. then uh, the nurse comes along and is like, oh shit, look, this guy got suffocated. And then again, the place closes up. <laughs> Dude, and it's like, he's just whoring this move so much. It's like yeah, if you so play much. Super Smash Brothers and you're like, all right, I only know this one move on this character. And he's like, I only know the drain all the oxygen from the room move. I'm going to use it again. Yeah. And it's so not, then, I mean, come on, dude. If you're going to be killing, I mean, how many people we got? Maybe like, maybe six, seven tops. You got to get a little more right. creative in your killing rather than doing it the same way each time. I mean, it is yeah. effective, but does it make for a good movie? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then uh, at one point, the commander even sends another guy out with the second um, mini sub. To go and like get the other mini sub and bring it back so then they can go to the surface. And uh, it gets attacked. It does the exact same thing. Like the exact same sequence of events happens. He goes out there. He's like, oh, shit. And there's an alien. And then he basically like pisses his pants and get and the aliens take him. And that's the end yeah. of that. Him as well. So the commander's all alone at this point. He's like one lackey has been uh, seemingly killed by these aliens. And then – 
Uh, he's he, meanwhile he's killing everyone. The only people left at this point are O'Neill, Claire. Is that it? I think so. Yeah, because yeah, that's at pretty some much point, it. Yeah, yeah. It's just I mean, them and the computer. But and, and then also during a lot of this, like people were talking about, like we need to examine the corpses. We need to examine them. The captain was adamant. We're not doing that. These things might yeah. be contaminated. Wink, wink. Right. But so you know that he's kind of he's trying to run the show. Something's going on here. And Claire, all of a sudden, has she, she gets mind she, communication she, yeah, with the she aliens. Meets up, she meets up with the alien. They it like smooches on her face, etc. Uh, and they have mind connection, and oh, yeah. they actually start they actually start like talking to her. They're like, "Hey, you have to like go out in that mini submarine and like find us." And she's like, "Okay." And she goes to O'Neill and is like, "You you got to distract him. I'm going out in this mini submarine. You got to help me." And so he does. She goes off in the mini submarine. We have this whole sequence where she goes off and she's basically like, oh, look at them. They're like dolphins. And like follows them to this like weird, almost like, I don't know what to say. It's like a biological docking station or something. It's like a womb, like a pink cave where she goes in. And then I couldn't tell whether these were like ghosts, like spooky ghosts or something. But all of a sudden, like the dead people from the rest of the film is like, oh, hey, we're here and are totally not dead. I'm like, you are doth protesting too much, I think. I mean, you like usually if I like someone, you know. If I had been in like a terrible accident and maybe someone thought I was dead, I wouldn't be like, oh, hey, hey, it's me, totally not dead. I'd be like, isn't this fucking crazy right now? Like <laughs> our lives are oh, crazy right now. Instead, yeah. he's like, ha, 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 hey, Claire, how's it going? And I'd just be like, you are an alien zombie or something. Get out of here. Like you're totally weird right now. Why are you being so weird? But he is. They're all being super weird. They are. Yeah, and uh, she walks out into like some kind of bubble sphere and yeah. is able to see the uh, underwater city that the aliens have built. And then and I it's mean, pretty, pretty big. Much- there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of aliens. Yeah. There's a big bits of giant giant city. But then she basically is just like, "All right, cool. I'm just going to head back to my underwater base." So he, she, I think she wanted to make sure, like, she got that. I mean. Lady's got a bone, right? So she's she wants that that boyfriend back back in that cave as yeah. well. Those like were her looks, words. This cave, looks, this cave looks good for a little bone, and I got to go back for O'Neill. And so she heads back. Meanwhile, you know, people continue to die. O'Neill is basically the only one left. Uh, he's been trying to like figure out some stuff about the commander, and he finds some like pretty shady information about him back in 2019 in the far past of 2019, having mm-hmm. been part of a particular mission. It was called uh, Project Neptune, right? It's like the Neptune Factor or whatever, and it has something to do. They're like they didn't disguise it very well. Basically, it has something to do with aliens, probably from Neptune, and they discovered this shit and. Uh, now the that that's kind of what the company was trying to like cover up, I think, or something. Yeah, they like ha- they set up this whole base in order to find and destroy these aliens. And so the the main plan now is like find them and destroy them. But Claire's not really going to have any of that. So, anyways, he gets in a little scuffle with the commander. The commander thinks he kills O'Neill, basically knocks him in the head, and is like. I totally owned you. And he looks at his laser gun. It's like, I could I could definitely double tap him right here, but no need because I hit him and I have big old muscles. So no need to double track if he's dead. This is pretty good. We're, we're, in, a, we're in a good spot. Yeah. 
And so they uh, – then Claire returns. There is like – what actually happens here? I, she's gotten some news that basically there's going to be like a 10 uh, – uh, category 10 or a 10 Richter scale earthquake. So they're like all going to die. underneath the base, which is yeah, going to so be a problem. But she doesn't know that everybody's dead yet. No, no, no. That's why she came back. She came back not just for her, you know, fuck toy – uh, to bring back, but she wanted her other friends as well, not just the boyfriend. And yeah. so um, she got back and, and realizes everyone's dead. The commander's a total dick, like not cool, man, bro. How about totally you stop asphyxiating people? Man. The Jeez. computer, the computer is way uh, basically listens only to the commander. So he pulls his mo. It's basically his only move, and basically like. Yeah. Uh, I'm 100% asphyxiating you, so don't worry about it. So he sets it all up, asphyxiate them in hall number two, and O'Neill's like, "I'm going to I'm going to turn this effing computer off, and we're going to survive." And so he does heroic shit. He's going through. He goes through the walls, finds his way over to the computer, gets into the thing. This is all while holding his breath. Basically, there's no air, and he starts pulling shit out of this computer, and eventually disables it. Meanwhile, Claire, who's basically fainted from no air gets mm-hmm. approached by an alien and the alien like helps her breathe. By, oh yeah, dude. I think basically they like make out a whole bunch and the alien in between makeout sessions kind of blows some air into her mouth. I think that's what happened, right? Yeah, that's that's the same movie I was watching. Right. I think that was pretty much what happened. It was almost exactly what we saw in episode 69 of Sub- Submersion. Yeah. Just which a mostly- little, little less graphic. Well, that, and that one also, someone was suffocating and the other one was just trying to blow some air into their mouth, I think. Oh, gotcha. That's what I remember. Anyways. Uh, so anyways, Claire survives with the help of the alien. O'Neill comes back and they're smooching a whole bunch because they're like, hey, you saved me. And she's like, actually, kind of this alien saved me. And he's like, really? Okay. <laughs> and then uh, they still have this, the submersible and they head off. And what happens to the commander? Does he- well, they make light work out of him, man. Is that they right? Take down I can't the remember. final boss, yeah. And uh, then weak. basically we get another a mind meld with the alien on their escape. And it's just basically like, hey, why don't you guys quit uh, fucking up the earth? Right. Basically, then, it's, like, it's, it's exactly the end of the abyss where they're like, we came from a planet that died. And now you must stop fucking up your planet or else you will die. And so if you don't, we will stop you. But you still have a chance starting now. And you're like, oh, wow, that's really impressive. And then they go back to the cave and everyone that like died is there. And they're like, ah, ha, ha. hey, we're 100% not dead, wink, wink. Yep. What, you know, but they are. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. They're made of goo and they actually just like five <laughs> seconds later, they all splash into a big puddle. Ooh. Because they're actually dead. shifters. Exactly. So that's the movie. The Lords of the Deep. Sounds like we not made to, a lot of it up, but we not didn't. Not to be confused with Lords of the Dance. Ooh. Very similar plot, though. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit more tap dancing and uh, Lords pipe of the Deep, music. Yeah. yeah, Lords of the Deep is, w- is way more pipe music and tap dancing. Lords of the Dance, yeah. it's like only 80% of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually I don't know do they talk during that or is it all pipe music and tap dancing and Lords of the Dance I don't know I have no idea probably I basically all my knowledge is from those commercials so time to look it up right now 
let these yeah. uh, listeners know. Let's see, hopefully they have a Vegas res- residency. Maybe I can go see them. All right, so we get some ratings. We should do it, man. We should get some ratings. I want to hear uh, yours first. I okay. want you. So immediately, as we've already mentioned multiple times in the recap, when I started watching this, immediately, this is it. Just looks like the abyss. Um, yes, the underwater Wait, it looks exactly base. Like the, it looks exactly like the abyss. No, it's the exact same not. level of quality as it does the abyss. not look exactly. This looks like a ripoff of the abyss. Sorry, because he said that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The underwater base looks very similar to what they were using in the abyss. The uh, budget, obviously, is much less because they didn't have our boy, Ed Harris. True. Something that I did appreciate, though, is that while they didn't have the budget, obviously, they went with, like, the futuristic route. So that way you're not necessarily confined to, like, a normal-sized submarine. You can make it a little bit bigger, just put some blinking lights or whatever on the set and be like, oh, okay, maybe it's maybe it's futuristic. I don't know. Maybe that's what we're going to have in 2020. And maybe we will. We don't know. We're not there yet. But the effects, everything else, not super great. The alien, when it was behind the glass wall, the vat looked acceptable, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, in, in the sense that it was a... Basically, look like a pinata. Like it's yeah. like it's the same quality as a pinata. It hung from the ceiling, mm-hmm. and it just kind of floated there. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, you know, it's in, it's floating in a vat, and they it's can just kind like of when mask you, when it. When you buy a pinata and you squint at it, and you're like, yeah, I can see it's George Washington. Sure, yeah, yeah, it looks just yeah. like him. Uh, but then when it broke through and it was running around and we saw it all the time, it was like, this does not look good. Something that I did, I was surprised by that I thought actually looked decent was the underwater city. Like when she stepped out in that bubble and she saw all the other city, I was like, okay, this is where they spent their money on the effects is creating this split second a, scene. I think it was a painting. Is that what it was? I think so, yeah. A lot of those older films, like like if you watch The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, and they have yeah. these very impressive scenes of them coming over a ridge and they see the spaceship buried in the snow of Antarctica. It's a painting. Someone painted it. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe that's what we got going on here. I think probably, yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, all right, another, all right, another positive for this movie. It was short. It was an hour, 17 minutes. It was one of the shortest films I've ever actually ever watched. It's like 70, yeah. what was it, 76 minutes long? Something, yeah, something like that. It's, it was amazing. Actually, I, I watched it and I told my wife, like, I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. And she's like, oh, okay, well, I'll do, you know, blah, blah, this, this, and this, like a couple things around the house. And she finished those things, which really w- didn't take that long to do at all. And I was like, oh, I'm done with my movie now. And she was like, wait, for real? Like, yeah. you're actually done watching the entire movie i'm like yeah i'm done actually i'm actually done watching the entire movie that that is one benefit and something to the listeners to be like if you just want something that's like real silly with aliens and it's only 76 minutes long it's basically like watching a long episode of television oh yeah yeah for sure um and not necessarily good television um but no but very silly television i guess yeah uh the acting was not horrible Sure. We've seen we've seen some really bad stuff. We have. No, that's true. And I, I do think the main I think the main the commander, I actually thought he he really 
dove into it, which isn't necessarily going to happen. I guess it's kind of like Moby 2010 Moby, Moby Dick, where yeah. what's his name? Barry Boswick. Barry Boswick really was like tearing down the set. And you're like, whoa, this is somewhat similar in that regard, in that at the very least, you could appreciate what he was bringing to the table. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this, the writing could have been better. It could have, it could have been more different than the abyss. Uh, perhaps right, yeah. maybe done its own thing. That probably would have been fine. But this is all intents and purposes just a ripoff of a much better film. I, if you want the short version, go with yeah, this. this. Is like- it's like one third the one third the length of the abyss. <laughs> yeah. If you want the good one, you go to the abyss. Same right. year. I mean, it's ridiculous when you think that's made in the same year, and just the effects are so much better in the abyss versus this. It's gonna uh, come up. It's gonna come up in my, my trivia. But how long do you think it took to shoot this film? To shoot this film? Yeah. Man, I hope it was only like six days. It's not. It's longer than that. But ah, okay. Well, not, that, not that. that much longer. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but I mean, not the worst thing we've seen. Certainly not the best. But right. I didn't find myself just absolutely hating every moment of my life while it was on, like I have with some of them. But uh, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and give it like a two point eight five. Wow, I was going to land pretty much the same. I was going to say that this ended up being. For me, I think there's some occasionally funny stuff in it. I thought the Canadian boyfriend, not Canadian boyfriend, mm-hmm. was funny because his his accent was funny. He had this like baller mustache going on, like real 80s stuff going on. It was oh, pretty it good. Is, it was a good mustache. Yeah. And then like just such a silly ripoff of a million different things. Like you have basically Hal from 2001. You have uh, the abyss in the entire plot. You have – you know, kind of essent little bit of alien going on there, a little bit of other stuff going on there, all kinds of like very in vogue, futuristic, destroying the planet, environmentalism kind of stuff. So, you know, I kind of lost my train of thought as I was saying this, but overall, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't so, it wasn't so, so, it wasn't so, so bad. I mean, it had kind of these things that, you know, kept my attention a little bit. So, not, yeah. certainly not like the worst thing ever. Very short. Actually, I'm glad you brought up that point because I forgot just how short it was mm-hmm. until you mentioned it. It is probably maybe the shortest, other than the TV shows we've watched, it may be the shortest movie we've watched for this. Yes. Very well might I, be. I think it is. Probably like 2010 Moby Dick, longer than this. You know, make of that what you will. So I don't know. I was going to come in around a three, two and a yeah. half, three. I guess I'll land at, you know, I'm going to do two and a half. Two and a half? Two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. God, I'm the high one on that, huh? That's which is pretty. Good. Which is pretty good when you consider it's got like a 2.6 IMDb. Right. That's yeah. true. Like this is you've, got, this you've is, got the crazies who are like, oh, this is the best thing that's ever been made. Ten, just love the whatever. Then you got the other people who are just zero and more so the zeros. But I actually am. A, I'm, I guess I'm a little surprised. I guess it's because it's always got the comparisons, right? Of all of the undersea sci-fi stuff that came out around this time, this is probably considered the worst of them. Well, yeah. Think all right. So think about the stuff that even that we've just watched. I know we didn't even do this one for the podcast, but. Leviathan. I didn't. Um, I just see. I didn't watch that one. So how was that? Yeah, in comparison, it's infinitely better than this, and yeah. it's got like its own 
own storyline, which is nice. Right. Uh, the Abyss, which obviously we've mentioned a bunch of times because that's what this movie is. Um, the Rift is kind of Rift. on a similar level, but slightly yes. better. I mean, it's definitely higher quality. I mean, like a slightly higher quality, but very similar is the Rift. And then something but the like Rift, Deep Star- I think, like with the with the storyline stuff, we all thought we we were all very blown away. We were shocked because we expected probably this movie, right? Yeah, for that, and we're like, that was actually pretty okay. It was fun, and it had a, a very, it had some fun special effects and stuff. That's yes. the, that's I guess kind of the one one big difference is this one. When I kind of was like scoping it out, I was potentially doing it for the for the podcast. Seeing the stupid puppet, like the stupid looking alien puppets, I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm in. Um, but you know, whereas with the rift, there was actually a lot more like fun visuals rather than kind of stupid funny visuals uh, from this one. Um, and then you have something like Deep Star. The only one I think could potentially contest with this would be something like Deep Star, which is a better quality film. But the port, the parts of it that I've seen in the past have been incredibly boring. And who knows? Maybe it kind of like cranks up later on. But that's the only way that I think one of the other knockoffs of the Abyss could potentially um, contend with this in terms of like the low quality is if it yeah. actually just turned out to be straight up boring and you didn't like watching it. Oh yeah, yeah. So deep, that's true. deep Star, we got to hold out for Deep Star because that one does have submarines, a bunch of submarines. So we can watch now. That. I thought there was more just underwater base. Are there subs in it though? I believe so, and I can double check that. But I'm almost positive deal. that I'm pretty sure the main character is even a submersible like pilot. Awesome. Well, yeah. then I know we've got it, but we just haven't watched it yet. Right. All right. Shall I get into some trivia? Yes, you should. This first one is actually pretty interesting for the uh, kind of the idea of the podcast. This film is one of six movies featured in season 12 of Mystery Science Theater 3000. So technically speaking, we could watch that episode of Mystery Science, of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, yeah. So someone well, gets found for. next week's episode, huh? Right. <laughs> All right. And then this is, this is really funny. There's a bunch of Oscar winners who were associated with this film. So, uh, two-time Academy Award winner, Janusz Kaminski. Do you know who that is? I do not. Janusz Kaminski. So, he uh, served as director of photography on the second unit crew for about two weeks of the four-week shooting schedule. So, it was- Oh, four weeks? The entire thing was four weeks, yep. Um, It was supposed to be one of his first movies as director of uh, photography. Um, According to a crew member, it was just too good, his footage, and didn't match with the uh, first unit. So they really? had to kind of they had to take, take him off of the job because he and, was too good. Yeah, so he went uncredited as a result, but you can tell that they ended up using some of his shots because there's some actually um, some really good like spooky images here and there, and those are the the pieces that he did. And so he's well known as a frequent collaborator of Spielberg. That's where he's won his Oscars. Oh, uh, he only okay. he did direct one major feature film in his career, and it's called Lost Souls. It was made in 2000. Do you know anything about this? Film. I do not. It's kind of like a teen horror, is what I what I recall from it, and it, it garnered a solid eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And he didn't direct any other major feature films, just that 8%? one percent. Yeah, it's one of the worst reviewed films of the two uh, thousands. Wow. Yeah, so he did one one chance one shot at directing. Seemed to not like it. Didn't make something that was particularly good, and that's the only time he tried it. Now he's, he continues to be a very very prominent uh, director of photography okay. or a cinema, cinematographer, I think. Uh, so then another double Oscar winner for Aliens and Terminator 2, Robert Skotak, along with his brother Dennis, created the underwater visual effects for the film. Uh, when asked by the uh, 
crew member why he chose to work in such a low budget film. Skotak said, "In four weeks paid work. It's four weeks paid work, and on a Roger Corman movie, you get to work with people on their way up and people on their way down." All right, fair enough. Yeah. Now, what's what's interesting is that you talk about those underwater. Uh, footage, producer Roger Corman reused all of the underwater shots and effects for Unknown Origin, a.k.a. The Alien Within, which he made in 1994. So we should look into that one because if they use all the underwater shots, guess what's in there? Aliens. Uh, And guess what else is in there? Submarines. All right. So most of the characters were named after members of the New York Mets baseball team. Just that's just one of the trivia that I thought was kind of interesting. The aliens are? No, most of the characters. Oh, sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Must have caught <laughs> the aliens. I'm like, I don't remember them naming any aliens no, you at all. remember the alien? Sandy Koufax. No, sorry. That was a – he was a Dodgers player, wasn't he? Sandy Koufax. Damn it. Well, who's a Mets player? Seaver. There we go. There you Seaver. go. Yeah. Dale Strawberry. Wasn't he one? Anyways. Uh, anyways, this is a Roger Corman film. He, he's well-known uh, for his many, many, many low-budget horror sci-fi fantasy films, which he produced over the years. He's also known for giving many of the biggest names in film early credits. So, and I'm going to do this a little differently. Okay. If you could have one of these other major film directors who also worked on a Corman film early in their career come in and remake this film. Yeah. Who would you choose? Okay. okay. Here, I'm going to start. What would you think of Francis Ford Coppola, who worked on Battle Beyond the Sun and obviously is very well known for The Godfather? Well, obviously he's Nick Cage's uncle, so I think we would get some Nick Cage in here. Oh, I would love him as the uh, commander. Yeah. Commander Nick Cage. He's got that crazy edge that I think would really help elevate this. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's say, okay, we'll use Are him you going to give me a list? You're going to give no, me a list? Yeah, I'm going to give a list. But so let's let's say Francis Ford Coppola, he's hired, but not necessarily as director, but just to get his his nephew in okay. to be the commander. Okay. Good, good, What about good. Joe Joe Dante, who worked on Hollywood Boulevard, and he you, you would know him as the director of Gremlins. Ooh. Good effects in Gremlins. Exactly. So maybe we bring him in to do some monster work. How about that one? Yeah. Okay, what about Jonathan Demi? He did Angels Hard as They Come, which is a really weird name for a film. Yeah, I've never seen I've, it. I don't know. Are there any John- other films? <laughs> so Jonathan Demi, uh, very well known for adapting um, Stephen, King, Stephen King films, like Shawshank Redemption and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I believe. Right. I think that's him. Yeah, all right. Um, but that level is just so far – Above this, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's, I feel like we got to bring we, we bring him in to bring some of that Stephen King little like magic. It's kind of like the fantasy yeah. that goes along with the horror. So it's mo- we, we, we're turning it with Gremlins with Joe Dante. We're turning it into more of a horror film, and uh, Jonathan Demi comes in to bring a little of that magic, that fantasy to that horror. And we've got Nick Cage because of Coppola. Right. And then we have, what about Ron Howard, uh, who made Grand Theft Auto with Corman? And obviously, we know him. He's like in Beautiful Mind, Apollo 13, et cetera, right. et cetera, et cetera. Right. Ron Howard's good. I mean, he's really so good. So, you think you're thinking maybe director Ron Howard? I th- I think Ron Howard would direct this. Okay. What about Martin Scorsese? He did Boxcar Bertha with uh, Roger Corman. Obviously, Martin Scorsese. Uh, best known for, I don't know. The like, Departed? Maybe. I mean, that was the one he won the Oscar for. Yeah. Um, He's done a lot. Yeah. What was the one that everyone says he should have won the Oscar for? I don't know. Something on a plane. 
Obviously, yeah, that's the one he drew. Martin Scorsese's snakes on a plane. That's right. <laughs> Starring Samuel Jackson. That would right. amazing. Oh, but dude, we already got such a star-studded. Uh, so you no. say you're just you're just jettisoning Martin Scorsese. Yeah, you're like Sorry, get out of here, Martin. We're too Marty, busy. Marty, go back to teaching or something because we don't yeah, need you're gonna you. You're going to be trying to just yeah. You got a master class you got to work on or whatever it is that he's doing online now. Right. What about uh, James Cameron? He did Battle Beyond the Stars, and weirdly, he then was he made the film that just ripped off. He made The Abyss. So I think. <laughs> That's got to do the basically under, do the underwater, right? Basically, he's already done this, right? But he on, makes the on underwater a much better footage. scale. Yeah, so he makes the underwater footage. Now we got it all filled out, right? We got we got our main actor Nick Cage crushing things. We got uh, we got great monster work. We got like a little Stephen King magic in there. We got mm-hmm. Ron Howard directing. We got underwater footage from James Cameron. Martin Scorsese is teaching the online course about the film. So that helps kind of like Great. promote it, I guess. Good. And then finally, and of course, Ed Harris. Ooh. And he starred in the Corman film, a, a Corman film. It was called uh, uh, Space Angels. And so do you want to hear the plot or do you just um, skip it? Obviously, I want to hear the plot. Oh, okay. So, because it's, it's a little, it's a lesser known film. So you may not know the plot already. Oh, okay. So, and then a bunch of space pirates take over a space tanker. And they want to get rid of the crew, but they see Ed Harris. He's like one of the crew. And they're like, uh, except him. He's staying. And so he's like, come with us. And then um, Ed teaches the pirates how to live in love again, right? Like they kind of lost that uh, yeah. in the, their pirating. So they learn to live in love again. And so they decide to give it up and become entrepreneurs. They want a complete career change. And they want to like kind of figure out what they want to do next with their lives. Mm-hmm. And they hear a rumor that an evil land developer is trying to take down the local grease factory, right? And they're like, whoa. Let's put on a bikini car wash, and we're gonna raise enough money uh, so that the so that the factory can survive. And they do a series of sexy hijinks. They succeed. Yeah. It's considered one of the greatest films ever made, actually. Space Angels. Yes. Yeah. And I'm surprised at some point in that uh, film that Ed doesn't reprise his role uh, with the jorts and the mesh tank top and uh, punish those dweebs. You know what I'm saying? Wait, you have you've seen this? Because that happens in the film. That happens? He, yeah, he goes around and he goes, he basically like, let's punish the studios. That's <laughs> 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 his catchphrase. Those the sexy hijinks? Is that what it is? Adding the mesh tank top? Well, yeah. I mean, yes. Uh, Obviously. Yeah. I mean, most, okay. of it, most of it's a bikini car wash. So it's like a bunch of sexy ladies. I put on my glasses. I like push them up real up on my nose. I got to make sure yeah. I'm like seeing like perfectly clear. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. And then a Harris comes in with his jorts and his tank top. And he's uh, going around just like punishing dweebs. So, <laughs> dude, now now imagine this: imagine Ed Harris as the commander, and then we have Nick Cage as the boyfriend. Oh, he's got a mustache. Bring back that mustache. Yeah, I want Nick Cage with the mustache. It could work. Now, who's the uh, leading lady though? Oh, I don't know. From eighty nine, someone, someone who goes with a lean cut young. Nick Cage, who's our leading lady? Who's he? Who's he's got the most on-screen chemistry with Nick Nicholas, our boy <laughs> Nicholas Cage? Feeling like Holly question. Hunter? Yeah, maybe. Great, Laura Dern. How about that one? Glenn Close. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should I do a little Phantom Zone? Yeah. Do you have a, do you oh, have a soundboard? I guess I got to do that thing for you now, don't I? You know, I mean, you don't have to. You can just no, choose, no, choose no. not to do it. I have got to do it. 
engage the Phantom. All right, I'm going to keep it pretty simple because it's pretty funny how easy this all is. Uh, it's funny. When I looked it up, John Lafayette, he played the shuttle commander in the beginning that ends up going missing immediately during that earthquake. And uh, it's weird though because none of that crew seems to show up at the end when the aliens are like – they're all like alive. Apparently, the aliens did kill those people because they didn't <laughs> care about them like, or dude, whatever. You guys suck. You don't know what's going on down here. You're out. But you may have recognized him as Commander Creighton in a little movie called Crash Dive, starring oh, Michael Dudikoff. Yeah. Yeah. So we know we can go from there. I did want to also mention um, that the main star, Priscilla Barnes, was in License to Kill the same year. Apparently has a submarine, so I could have used that as a starting point, but I did not. And additionally, Roy Nyram somehow worked on both this and The Abyss in the same year. What? But in different – he did – so he was did makeup special effects – and visual effects for the two different films. Are you so serious? He worked in the original film, and then he jumped and worked on this film afterwards. And, and obviously just, did some pretty C-level, D-level work on this one. Right. And he, he was probably – well, probably he was just sad because he was missing his best friend, Ed Harris. Yeah. It's like he was just – he just worked with Eddie for probably months and months in a tank, suffocating, almost dying. And then – Punching the jumps, director – yeah, jumps over to a four-week, you know, whatever film where he throws some makeup on some people or something. Wow. Yeah. That is quite the turn of events for that person in their life. Yep. So that's it. That's all I got for, for Phantom Zone. That's it, man? That's all I got. Do you want me to do more? No, that's, that's good, man. It's it's fast. All righty. It's time. Especially since- It's, oh, it's sub, 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 world, world. Wide, wide, wide. All righty. Now oh, we've almost, mentioned- almost, I almost stomped all over that intro because I was oh, going to say we've somehow recorded for like, what is it, three hours now yeah. uh, with only two people. So we just keep on going and going. Incredible. Yeah. Um, so anyway, as we've seen in a lot of the movies, there are underwater bases. They're very popular movies that we've mentioned already. The Abyss, The Rift, this one, Leviathan has one. The Meg and Dark Descent are movies that we've all watched to feature an underwater base. And so I figured, what the heck, man? We all know about subs and all that type of stuff, but are there actually any underwater bases? Turns out there are. So I thought it was pretty, I'm I thought pretty, sure pretty was. interesting to uh, talk about them because there's one actually that is planned right now. Uh, there's a lot of speculation about what is going on with this. So it's recently been. I guess, announced, uncovered, whatever it is, that China is working on an underwater base. Now, they claim that this is for, like, research, mapping the ocean floor, looking for rare minerals, natural gas deposits, oil, et cetera, et cetera. Um, other people think that it might not be. There could be a little more nefarious plans at play because it is supposedly going to be located in a semi-strategic location. However, they plan on putting this thing two miles down, very deep. And there's some articles that um, it's, it's kind of had changing plans as it's been going on. Originally, this was going to 
house people, from what I read, um, two miles down. I can't imagine what the pressure would be like or what you would need to build structurally to make that feasible, livable situation. But then they finally said, hold on, that's crazy. We're not going to be doing that. So instead, they're basically going to have use this base to capture microorganisms as they pass by and they can run samples on them. And then they're also going to send out remote underwater unmanned vehicles that will go around, do the mapping, do all their stuff. They will come back to base to recharge their batteries, send data up to the surface. Uh, hmm. That doesn't yeah. sound as cool, though. I know, right? It'd I be crazy like to be like, I lived under, I lived two miles underwater for six months. They should let one person be down there. Oh, that'd be rough. But I mean, like trying to get supplies down there because the subs, at least all the subs that we've talked about, big ones that you would need to take supplies down there can't go that deep. The only things you could really do are like the submersibles that go down and, you know, Challenger Deep and that type of stuff. Elevator. Elevator. There you go. Escalator. How about that one? Oh, what about one of those like mail tubes, you know, where you shoot the thing up in it? Yeah, just constantly going. Yeah. Send me a cheeseburger. Exactly, yeah. You just have like a little phone where you're like, can you send me some ice cream? And then it comes through the thing, it's all melted, and you're like, God damn it. It's the worst. <laughs> God, it takes like two hours for this thing to go. Shit. I wonder how long that would take, actually, for something to <laughs> fall under. Well, no, I actually think you can get it going pretty fast, right? If it was all frictionless, like shot by air kind of stuff. Yeah. I think they probably could get it down pretty quickly. But you'd have to be able to stop it. With a soft impact. That's true, because the ice cream, you don't want it to splatter everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a mess. Uh, Welcome that's to it. Ice Cream Cast. Ice that's Cream it. That's Cast. All got. That's all I got, man. Wow. I know, it's short and sweet, but there's underwater bases being built, guys. Something we gotta yeah. take note of. Yeah. Was there a C-Lab or am I thinking of a TV show? Was that a no, real thing, C-Lab? you are very correct. There was a C-Lab actually mm. called C-Lab. Uh, that mm. was more of a uh, underwater research facility. Well, I guess this is now an underwater research facility, but that was, you know, scientific type stuff. Mm. And that, I want to say, was operated by Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute in the U.S. Right across the small bay from where I grew up. Oh, man. Woods Hole, two miles from Martha's Vineyard. Really? Yeah, that's where the boat that goes between Martha's Vineyard and the mainland stops is Woods Hole. Dude, you had all this type of sub potential as a kid and you probably just squandered it. You could see the research boats when you land on on the ferry boat. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you want me to do something real quick to finish this up? Let's do it, I got, man. Like, I got a big old lineup of different like uh, kind of submarine-related news. So it's almost like a top five. It's almost like a Brahm classic top five Ooh. mixed with a Mustard Man uh, you know, news mixed with Zach facts because you never know if any of them are real. Spoiler alert, they all are real because they're news. Because they're facts. Yeah, they are actually facts, though. Unlike All right, this. man. Take All right, it away. Should I do it? All right. Should so, do it. 
We got one from military.com. It says female enlisted sailors can now apply for submarine duty year round. So apparently the Navy took another step towards the goal of filling 20% of all submarine jobs with women by announcing. Okay, so they were allowed to be on before, but now it can be year round. That wasn't a thing before? Yeah, so female enlisted sailors can now apply to move into one of the 11 non-nuclear ratings on a rolling basis. Enlisted women were previously limited to applying to serve on specific submarines during set application windows. Huh. Yeah, but I think it's it, they're talking about en- enlisted. I don't know. I don't think there's a difference, whether there's a difference or not, between enlisted and other you know, levels or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... They receive a woman in the rank of E6 or below, that's they're saying. Interesting. Well, yeah. hey, kind there of we go. So 20, they want to have 20% of the sub-force female. That's what they say. Yeah, 20%. All right. Start then, signing up, ladies. So that was number five. Number four on our list of different news going on, we have one of two deaths in the news. Sad news. David Hedison, and this is the headline from New York Times, David Hedison Actor who found fame in a submarine dies at 92. And even the picture that they have right there is of him on a submarine set. And he played the straight-laced captain of the submarine on Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. It was his star-making role. So he had been in a whole bunch of stuff, but this is really what he ended up being known for. And you even say that he was—he actually was in like James Bond films. He played uh, you know, opposite James Bond, two different James Bonds. So Live and Let Die with Roger Moore and License to Kill starring Timothy, Timothy Dalton. He nice. played Felix Leader in both of those. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of found most of his fame from the, being on Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. On the television series or the movie? Television series. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So that was number- Rest in peace, man. Four, number- Three, one of our favorites, Rucker Hauer. So he was Blade Runner co-star, but also we saw him in – what was that one called? I'm forgetting the name. Wasn't he Rucker Hauer? He was in a, he was in a submarine film, but he's also famous for um, turning down the role, the main role of uh, Das Boot. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so he is supposed to. He was supposed to be in Das Boot, but if he had been in Das Boot, he wouldn't have been able to be in Blade Runner. So he had kind of had to make a choice. He ended up choosing, obviously, Blade Runner, and I think it kind of worked out overall for everyone involved uh, because he found fame doing that, and, and Das Boot was still amazing. Amazing, yeah. So no need to rewrite history. He's pretty much. I think everything kind of worked out how it needed to be. Yeah. And then uh, big news a couple days ago. This is number two. French submarine that vanished in 1968 is found in the Mediterranean. So every once in a while, it actually happens with startling regularity of these submarines being found that have been lost for years and years and years. I feel like it's been happening like way more recently and perhaps it's with the new search techniques and new technology and stuff like that uh, that they're able to do this. But I feel like there's been like I don't know, like 10 in the last year or something where you, you remember there was like a world war one submarine found yeah. and a world war two submarine found. I feel like they're just, they're being found at like such a high rate right now. But anyways, and I think, I think you just answered it kind of, it's with the new technology because yeah. if you look at the, basically these underwater drones you can send out, you can go so much deeper than we've been able to before. And you can, 
use cameras and all types of stuff and look at them. So yeah, I think, I think that's, that's got to really help. This one actually, I think, kind of explains it. The wreckage was found by Norwegian flagged research vessel Seabed Constructor 28 miles from the southern French port city of Toulon about and about 7,800 feet underwater. The seabed constructor operated by the American ocean mapping company Ocean Infinity is the same craft that in November found the San Juan submarine that had gone missing in 2017 off Argentina. So no it does They're doing seem pretty like decent, huh? It seems like this this kind of new technology, this research vessel seabed constructor, is doing you know ocean mapping that allows them to kind of pick up, uh, probably with those drones you're talking about, kind of figure out where anomalies are and and figure out where things perhaps have sunk. Ooh. Well, yeah, I imagine they're going to be finding quite a bit of stuff. So anyways, I do want to say this this submarine, it was called the Minerve. The Minerve. Minerves. Yep. And then finally, a couple weeks ago, the official American release of Cursed, The Last Mission. Uh, it debuted last year at Toronto International Film Festival. It's been out in Europe and stuff like that, but it started to get like its American reviews. I don't think it had a very large release here, and I'm sure we'll see it on on some streaming service uh, in the near future. But as a result, they went through some of this is THN or the Hollywood News. They went through five of the best submarine movies. So they had a countdown Ooh. of their best submarine movies. They talk about Kursk, The Last Mission. They let it off with that. They said it's well worth checking out, even though it is harrowing to watch. Then they had The Hunt for Red October, and they said it's a taut thriller from John McTiernan, uh, who was riding the wave of success following Predator and Die Hard. And then we have Crimson Tide. Uh, it said one of certainly one of Tony Scott's finest action movies, period. See it, period. That's what they said. Wow. Das Boots. If you've not seen this genuine classic from nearly 40 years ago, bump it to the top of your lists right now. That's what they say? That's what they say. Dude, they need and to, then man. The last one that they mentioned, K19, The Widowmaker. And they really? Say the crew. Yep. That's what they that's say. That's the one, huh? Yeah. Yes. Yep. And they say, uh, what else? What do they actually say about it? They say early in the article regards to playing that, blah, blah, blah. It's a fairly decent submarine movie. So it doesn't sound like not, not a ringing endorsement. Say? That's what they, they say, like, fairly decent. These are the five best. Oh, it's fairly decent. They say fairly decent. And also it's weird. I can't believe they, they wouldn't put like Run Silent, Run Deep or something I on know. That, yeah, it's weird. It's all like the recent ones. Basically, it's all the, the biggest recent submarine films. It's probably the only ones they could think of. Probably because they're lame. They're not like us. I know. We'd be like... uh you know, what, what, which one would we do? We'd be like, Incredible Mr. Limpet, duh. Yeah. Pop that to the top of your list. Ever seen it? <laughs> Ever seen it? It's got a fish. And uh, that fish is actually a human, has a human brain and it fucks other fish. So, <laughs> you know what you're getting into there. Yeah. Voiced by the famous <laughs> Don Knotts. People are like, what? And they're yeah. like, Michael Dudikoff. <laughs> <laughs> Crash dive. Yeah. Crash Dive 2. And everyone would be like, this list is crazy. Yeah. These are made by crazy people. They are. But so that's it. for that's any of our listeners, you also can see we do have on IMDb, we do maintain a list of all the movies that we watch. If you want to follow along and watch everything that we've watched, you can you can relive Submersion yeah. in your living room. I also, room. I do want to mention, I couldn't think of the name at the time. Hostile Waters. That's the Rucker Hauer film that we watched. Oh, Hostile Waters. Yes, that is the one. 
And if I remember correctly, <laughs> what did, what was the Zach facts? It was like that the fire was not scripted. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, it's too good. That too wasn't good. the one where it ended with the uh, with the people kind of the American ship saving them and then seeing them in a, a prison or whatever. No, never mind, never mind. This was this was the one that took place during the Cold War. Yeah, there's so many there, but yeah, yeah I, what is that one? This is the one where he visits him in prison camp. What he, is that but this one? Is, this is the one where Rucker Howard zoomed away with a uh, on a motorcycle at the end. And I was like, yeah, he just wanted to get the fuck out of there. Uh, I forgot what that one was. That was such a weird one. I hated that one. <laughs> so when one of the ghost, the ghost wife, I think it was called Ghost Wife. Oh, Ghost Wife. That's a good one. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating on iTunes. Deep.